Welcome back to part two of our look at the commerce in the early modern era. Uh, this segment, we're going to focus on the commodity trades of the silver or of silver and of uh, furs. So we're going to start with silver. Uh, that's the most prominent one. That's probably the biggest one to pay attention to because it is what dominates global trade. Uh, the Europeans uh, run into a lot of silver in the Americas, uh, especially the Spanish. Um, with their colonization of Mesoamerica and South America, uh, especially from Peru or, or their, their principality of Peru there. And they take the majority of that silver. Instead of sending it back to Spain, they then say, well, we're halfway across the world and the place that really wants silver is China. And that's because China changed their tax system. They demanded that all their taxes be paid in silver. So uh, there is a huge demand to have silver in China so that people can pay their their taxes in that, and so that was a that was a change by the Ming Dynasty uh, that happened. So that leads to a huge, a huge demand for silver, and Spain and the Europeans take advantage of that, even though they don't necessarily like the idea of giving all their silver away because that goes against the ideas of mercantilism. The other place that we see a lot of trade going on uh, in silver again is Japan. They find um, some new pockets of silver. And they mine the heck out of that and then send it over to China as well to get their products. So um, we, we see the Spanish really taking the lead for the Europeans and their main trading hub of then the Philippines in Southeast Asia uh, will become where they transport all that silver. Uh, and then from there, uh, from Manila, it'll then go to um, China or the Chinese will come to them and, and trade their silks and whatnot for it. And it's all about getting, again, those luxurious products that we've seen across the, uh, the timelines, uh, the time periods in, in what's being traded. So it's, it, it hasn't really changed much from China. They dominate in silk. Everyone still wants that. Even though you can get some silk in, in other regions, they all want Chinese silk. Uh, you want teas. You want the, uh, the um, porcelain and other luxury goods that come from China. And so everyone wants that, and uh, the Europeans would like to try to trade other things, but they don't have anything of real value to them. Um, and uh, with Spain and how much they send over there, they're um, not only there, but also how much they're making and how accurate it is um, or how consistent it is, they're... Um, their currency kind of becomes standard. So similar to what you would talk about of today as the dollar bill uh, being standard currency around the world, uh, a lot of people being able to accept it, you can take it wherever and, and someone will take it or you can exchange it pretty easily. Um, that's how um, the Spanish coins worked. And so you'd have the piece of eight uh, becoming kind of the standard currency there. Uh, what else do we want to talk about here with the Spanish trade? Um, one, um, or not the Spanish trade, but the silver trade, uh, because of all this silver and what Spain had, they become the dominant force in Europe, but they don't really manage their money too well. Uh, they waste it on a couple of endeavors. Uh, one of the, or a couple of the biggest ones are sending a few armadas and trying to, uh, to beat up England because they became Protestant and, uh, those failed, um, miserably. Uh, they, all kind of end up shipwrecked and uh, that's a lot of wasted money for no uh, good results so that kind of bankrupts or starts to bankrupt them um, uh, 
some, yeah, that's kind of the main stuff there with the silver trade that we need to know. Um, the only other things maybe to add that the book talks about that I haven't talked about yet would be the environmental issues that come from this. Um, you have major mining operations going on in the Americas, especially in Bolivia, taking um, silver out of the mine. Um, the famous mine of Potosi or the mountain of Potosi, uh, which is on Bolivia's currency, uh, is actually having uh, is having environmental problems. Currently, it's starting to collapse because they're still mining it, and the mountain is not able to hold up it's, uh, because of all the holes and, and, and everything in it. So much has been taken out. So you have environmental issues there as well as you have more deforestation going on, looking for uh, mines. Um, that's what we see happening in, in Japan some. And then as well, you see that happening in China and that um, different regions in China specialize in those in those, uh, in those, uh, what do I want to say, trash crops and stuff like that, uh, or other products, and so they cut down more more forest, and that leads to more environmental damage. But it's all in the name of making more, so then they can have making more of those products, whether it's silk or, or um, whatever it, uh, the the product that people are wanting may be, and so um, that leads to uh, some issues. Although it leads to the economy growing uh, better in China and in in Japan. Then uh, the other major trade that we see going on uh, is the fur trade. And uh, that trade is really dominated by the Russians and by the Americans. Uh, this is when you see uh, American colonists really trying to push westward uh, because they want to go and get more furs. And you have a lot of Native Americans selling those furs. Uh, this will be a trend that will go beyond this time frame uh, or this time period. And uh, we'll see it'll kind of lead to the decimation of different animals and wildlife here in the Americas. Uh, you can talk about the buffaloes and them being wiped out for their hides and stuff like that. Uh, you can talk about the loss of beaver and the, the decimation of beaver populations in the Americas because of that. Uh, so y you have this, this fight for fur uh, going on because it becomes a major fashion statement and uh, because it's actually colder. There's something known as a little ice age going on. And so when the temperature is colder, people want warmer clothes. And one of the warmer clothes that you can have is furs. Um, so in the Americas, what we see is in the Great Lakes, the French dominate it there. Uh, in English, the English dominate up in the Hudson Bay, uh, which is north of uh, where the French uh, Canadian colonies are. Um, the Dutch We'll have it on the Hudson River, which will become eventually New York. So that was the um, the uh, New Netherlands that I talked about in the previous podcast. And um, they will fight all over the Americas for this stuff. This will lead to the um, uh, some of the Anglo-Dutch wars. Uh, that will then lead to the Dutch being kicked out of the Americas. And it will be a partial reason for why the French and Indian wars and other um, French and English wars happen. And so... Um, they're all trying to buy the furs from the Indians, but they're also trying to get their own people in there to go and hunt and, and take those furs out. Uh, one of the big things that they can do, though, when they uh, trade with the Native Americans is they can get them for pretty cheap for, for finished products or for alcohol and, and guns and other things like that. So uh, they have the, the upper hand in trade um, because the Indians can't make those things themselves. And so they get pretty good deals on those furs. But again, 
it leads to wide extinctions of, of different animals in different areas, or at least a huge dwindling of the population. Um, and some Native American groups will, will change what they do for a living and go to just hunting that and not uh, focusing on growing crops and stuff like that and relying on trade to, to bring them in, um, in, in food and, and, and make a living off of it. Um, uh, in addition to this, it's not just in the Americas, it's also in Russia. This is what it helps uh, spur Russian expansion across Siberia because Siberia is a pretty cold, cold place and you have a lot of furry animals there, so let's go trap some there. And uh, so what will happen, what you'll see happen in Russia is um, the, they'll go conquer a region and then initial traders will come out there and they'll start undercutting those locals that live there and will go hunt themselves and kind of work them out and that will lead to... Um, those initial populations are kind of being decimated and what they could do to, for uh, a living uh, lead them to some of them to moving more to to moscow or just uh struggling through the uh through the times and struggling in their in their small communities so um we see it in both areas the the most prominent area that it talks about in the book is in the americas but do know that it also happens in russia and um, it leads to again. This is this is going to be more environmental damage, or more easy to see the environmental damage here with the fur trade in comparison to uh, the silver trade, just because you're seeing whole uh, species being wiped out or, or just at least decimated in in certain regions. So that's um, the two major commodity trades trades in a nutshell. I guess there is one more major commodity trade, but it's not really a prod. Well, it is a product, but. Um, that's going to be the slave trade. So we're going to talk about that here in the last uh, podcast here for this chapter.